0: Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds back in the studio. It might be freezing cold, but hey, at least it's Friday. Thank the good lord. Um, so I saw this article yesterday um in USA Today, and it, it really, it really sucks to read this from the perspective of a guy who feels like he's been slighted, and the the line that I'm gonna say that he that was in the article was, I'm heartbroken. And I, you know When it comes to Schilt, you you do feel bad for him because he was a company man. He worked through the ranks. I feel like he kind of got bamboozled a little bit. This is my
1: buddy, Bob Nightingale, who wrote this, and he's if not the top journalist in the country in sports. He's certainly among the best, especially in baseball. Well, he got Schilt for Schilt's first interview since the dismissal five months ago. And you're absolutely right. Heartbroken is how he described himself. Now, Schilt, Schilt's an honest guy. We all know him. Heck, he was down here for three years. He's, with a, passionate. He's of Cardinals. a passionate guy. Loves the Cardinals. Had been with the Cardinals for 18 years. Uh, he described the scenario as this. When the Cardinals were eliminated from the playoffs on that ninth inning home run by the Dodgers, uh, he got a, a Zoom call. And he figured that it was the Cardinals wanting him for a contract extension, since his contract would be up this year after the 2022 season. <laughs> Moselock got on the line and said, "No, Mike, thanks. Thanks for being here. Um, this is not going to go the way you think it is. And it took about five minutes, and he said he couldn't believe what he was hearing. But they were dismissing him from the job. Didn't really give a specific reason why, <clears throat> other than to say that they had been told that the atmosphere was toxic. <clears throat> well, the players all say that's <laughs> that's not true at all, was not I think what happened was there's probably a, a disagreement in philosophies, but you don't, at least I don't think you do. Anyway, let the guy go. Anyway, Schilt, five months later, he's with, right now, he's with the San Diego Padres, but what he's doing is kind of roving for a major league baseball. He's from their front office and helping to fill in where they need it. And, Uh, The Padres have a coach who's out with hip surgery. Well, as soon as that's over, then he'll be back to his job again of roving around the National League and looking for situations that need to be cured. Schultz, a good guy, really good guy, astute manager, been with the Cardinals his entire professional career. Entire, never been. He said, I'd I'd kill myself to be with the Cardinals. i give my life to them, and then they do this. He's having trouble now, even now, getting over this. And I found the article to be well-written and very descriptive in how Schild feels.
0: Yeah, and uh, obviously you got the, the feeling that it wasn't between him and the players. It was between him and the front office. And that is unfortunate. Um, and again, like I said, I, uh, you might not agree with some of the decisions he made and the way he managed. And, you know, we're all going to do that. But when you, you see a guy that gives so much to an organization whether it's a baseball team or a company and they give their life and all this stuff and then one day they just pull the rug out from under them it's a reminder that to everyone present company included you don't make your job your life you have a balance with your life and everything else because when it's taken away sometimes guys don't have much identity left and that's probably what he's going through right that's now
1: that's really difficult to absorb too when you've been in a situation like that that While you may regard yourself as having given everything you do, there are others who don't. And those others who don't... Well,
0: because they're not in your shoes. They're not in the same situation,
1: but they do call the shots.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that is the real world and uh, why sometimes she's not so nice to us.
1: (laughs) Um, Well... Uh, we did, of course, have some more exhibition baseball yesterday. Who got the dubs? The Cardinals played under the lights down in Jupiter against their training camp partners, the Florida Marlins, or actually they're the Miami Marlins now. Marlins won the game 7-4. to Royals played the Oakland A's out in Arizona, and Kansas City came away with the win 5-4 to over... The Oakland Ball Club, which probably is not going to be as strong as they have been, they have traded off a lot of their big money players. They're in the rebuilding, but then again, the Oakland A's are always in the rebuilding, or at least it seems that. Except way. for they're
0: right on the cusp, and then they rebuild. Yeah. Poor bastards. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's that's the way it operates with a, a, a minimal uh, market team in terms of revenue. Now they're all they all make money. Don't get me wrong, but there's some who have more money to spend on mm-hmm. players than others, and. Hey, it happens. That's part of the game.
0: I know it's kind of hard to believe Uh, we had snow yesterday, but we still do have baseball here happening locally. Luckily, there's no more snow in the forecast, but uh, (laughs) we do have some Springfield College baseball teams playing. Where they at this week? They are
1: on the road. The Bears are down in Birmingham, Alabama to play Samford, the Samford University Bulldogs. Now, that's not to be uh, uh, misinterpreted as Stanford on the West Coast. This is Samford. It's S-A-M-F-O-R-D. They're a Southern Conference team, and they have virtually the same record as the Bears. Played one common opponent. That common opponent is Arkansas State. And each team beat Arkansas State in every game they played so (laughs) far. So there's nothing to choose there. Samford should be a pretty good little test for the Bears. The Drury University Panthers, they are on the road to St. Louis where they will play Maryville. That's a conference series, four-game series. Should be pretty good weather, so we should get those games in. So, NIT championship game last night, what would you think? It was a pretty doggone good basketball game. It was Texas A&M and Xavier. And here's Xavier, which has been up and down all season long, fired their coach after the first game of the NIT, their first win. They go on to win the doggone thing last night in a dandy. Kid named Nunji hit a shot from the in the paint with three seconds to go. And Xavier beat Texas A&M 73-72. That's a nice win for the Xavier Musketeers. They're a Big East Conference team, and they're young. They may be back. Not may. They will be back next year. Of course, that's an awfully tough conference they play in, too. But with Villanova in there and, and schools like that, But Xavier gets the win. Nice win for them. They are the NIT champs.
0: Well, uh, God, what what a crazy way to end your season. You fire your coach, beginning of the playoffs, and then they end (laughs) up. They end up winning it. <laughs> Wonder me. if the new coach is going to keep that job. Uh, maybe. Um, we have the women's uh, NCAA tournament final four that starts tonight. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, who's your favorite to win this thing? You have to think that South Carolina. They have been number one all season long. Don Staley as their coach. They're really, really good. Now they play Louisville tonight, and Louisville's very good. But South Carolina, incidentally, Vegas puts point spreads on these women's games when they're at this at this level. And they have South Carolina as an eight-and-one-half-point favorite over Louisville. Louisville's a good team, but really, South Carolina is an outstanding club. I look for South Carolina to win this one. The second game is the one that I think is a tremendous matchup. These are two bluebloods. Not that the others aren't. They are. Louisville and South Carolina are top-level teams. But the championship, I'm sorry, the semifinal game, second semifinal game, is Stanford, the defending national champs against the 11-time national champions, Connecticut. Now, Connecticut, UConn, Gino Auriemma's team, has made a miracle run. They've overcome injuries and all sorts of things to get where they are in the Final Four. And, Mike, this is their 14th, 14th consecutive Final Four. That's never been done before in any level of basketball. 14 straight years in the championship. I Connecticut's going to be hard-pressed by Stanford. Stanford has a tall team. And Connecticut's tallest player, who's 6'5", just got knocked out with a wrist injury. But they do have the player of the year, Paige Beckers, on their team. This will be a very interesting contest. I'm looking for a championship game, which will be Sunday night, mm-hmm. of South Carolina, Connecticut. I think that's what it'll be.
0: So you got a busy weekend of basketball because you got the women's uh, the Final Four tonight. And we got the Final Four tomorrow in New Orleans with the men. Finals for the women on Sunday, Sunday and then the uh, finals for the men on Monday. So let's talk about the men, the dudes. Speaking of blue bloods, got a little bit of that going I'm on. Going in the to final make four. this
1: prediction right now: the team that wins will wear the blue uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair to say, they all wear blue uniforms, so you can't go wrong with this. No, one. he's right. He's Kansas right. Villanova is the uh, is the first game, and that'll be early uh, early tomorrow evening. I think they start at five o'clock. Uh, Central time, playing in the Louisiana Superdome, which is called the, it's got something else now. It's got a corporate name. It's a Superdome. Superdome is what it is.
0: Yeah, we'll call it that.
1: And they'll have a huge crowd. Anyway, Kansas-Villanova. Kansas, a big favorite. Villanova's been injured. They've kind of limped into the Final Four, but they're still very good. Nonetheless, Kansas should win that game. And then you have (laughs) the big rematch that everybody's looking for. It's The late games start probably about quarter till 8, 8 o'clock, somewhere around there, North Carolina-Duke. Now, North Carolina and Duke, folks, are only about 7 or 8 miles apart. They hate each other. They play, of course, they're in the same conference. They play each other regularly. Well, Duke's final game of the regular season, Coach Sischewski's final game in his home arena, the Cameron Indoor Arena down in Durham, North Carolina, was against North Carolina. And they won. The Tar Heels went in and beat Duke on Coach Kay's Final game on the regular season. Well, now by magic, here they are playing again in the national semifinals. Oh my goodness!
0: Nowhere near that area of the country, though. Which is going to be see. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean,
1: they will be well, well represented by both sides. Believe me, they both travel well. Yeah, very, very, uh, very. There very, will be very, a very loud arena of course, the Louisiana Superdome is huge, or the Saints play. It's a massive arena, and it's been used many times for the NCAA tournament. This will be a heck of a game. Duke is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I do think Duke, I, I think they want revenge.
0: Well, and the, just the the whole thing about Coach K's final season, and this, this is just, if they pull this off, Oh my God, but it'd be nothing. I mean, could, now let's say hypothetically, Jayhawks win, Duke wins. That's who I think will win. So now we've got these two. Who do you think wins that one? Don't tell you Monday if that happens. To be the case. <laughs> you know what, ladies and gentlemen? That's what we call in the business one hell of a tease. Ned, <laughs> you have a great weekend, sir. <laughs>